Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 79 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello, hypnosis friends, and a very warm welcome indeed to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a grapplingly, high-kicking, hard-punching show lined up for you today. In a short while, I'll be sharing with you this week's interview with this week's guest, Jeff Jordan. Then we'll have this week's Hypnosis in the News stories, examining the media where hypnosis is featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the ways hypnosis is portrayed in the media, and also comment on some of the content of those media stories. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest Jeff Jordan. We'll be talking fight brain and about Jeff's work using hypnotherapy and quality psychology with MMA and competing UFC fighters. Uh, he gives a lot of great information. I'm very excited to be sharing that stuff with you. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every hypnosis week, weekly episode. This podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub and all of whom following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feelings, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. That's just hypnosisweekly with a hyphen in the middle dot com. You can add your thoughts, comments, make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do give us a favourable rating, uh, even a review at iTunes. I'll be a BFF if you do. It takes just a couple of seconds, one or two clicks to give us a favourable rating, and it's greatly appreciated. So first of all today is this week's interview with Jeff Jordan. Um, I had connected with Jeff online and really enjoyed reading his work, following his social media feeds about topics that we'll be focusing on in the second half of today's show. As with so many of our guests, uh, Jeff's a fabulous communicator, incredibly kind and courteous uh, when you engage with him. Um, and he mentions within the interview that's coming up a couple of experiences with the Jackwins um, and the Jackwin Training Academy that uh, he trained with in Vegas. And uh, I mentioned to Anthony Jackwin when we were in touch uh, with each other recently that Jeff had mentioned him and spoken highly of him. And Anthony instantly referred to Jeff in equally kind terms and referred to him as a bit of a gentle giant. Um, though we both agreed there'd be no way that either of us would want to get into a ring with all six foot eight of Jeff Jordan. So for now, get comfy, my friends, turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome the one and only Mr. Jeff Jordan to the Hypnosis Weekly podcast. Jeff, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Thank you, Adam. Um, I was, I've been looking forward to talking to you. So um, let, let's learn a bit more about you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this field, what your background is, and how you've arrived at, at where you are now. Sure. Um, you know, I have, I've kind of found hypnosis for my own selfish reasons. Um, I was, I was, this was about seven years ago when I was uh, living in Las Vegas, and I was uh, getting ready for a jiu-jitsu tournament. I was preparing, uh, training for a jiu-jitsu tournament, and I injured my knee. I tore my meniscus, mm. and I knew I had to have surgery. I saw a doctor and had my surgery um, planned out, and I don't know if it was the the Tony Robbins cassette tapes that my dad gave me when I was 16 or just that mm -hmm. uh, curiosity of, of thinking I could somehow impact my own 
body's ability to heal, but I knew on some level that if I could, if I could visualize my body healing, I could somehow affect that process. And so I went around and, and searched for a hypnotist and I, I found one and I just became kind of instantly fascinated with the process with hypnosis and, um, started, you know, the, the, the first hypnotist I found was nice enough, but I started kind of going beyond that and, and, and searching around and, and, um, living in Las Vegas at the time, um, was very fortunate because I ran into, um, a group called the head hackers, yeah. um, Anthony, Anthony Jacquin and, um, and Kevin Sheldrake and, and Marcus and, and some, and, and Amit and some other, um, fantastic uh, street performers and yeah. Anthony is Anthony as well a, a hypnotherapist and that group was um, led up by uh, Jay Noblezada who used to put those events on yeah. and um, so it was a real mixture of kind of magicians and and performers and hypnotists and uh, I just became really fascinated with it and started learning and training and then um, went on to take Anthony's Anthony and, and Freddie Freddie Jacquin their hypnotherapy course and uh, and really just got into it. Started learning and training with a bunch of different uh, hypnotists, and started helping people. Yeah, helping people quit smoking, lose weight, get over fears and phobias, and, and that sort of thing. And that's what really kind of got me into it. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, um, we're gonna we're gonna really examine um, um, the, 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 your 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 fight brain approach later on. Um, um, and, and and I'm really excited about that. It's going to be the first that you know lots of. Lots of people that, that that I've had on the show have have come into hypnosis through um, through through martial arts or, or or combat training of of a wide number of different types. Yet we've never really gotten under the under the lid of it, or and I've never really had anybody on um, um, who's been as focused upon it as you are. Um, um, I just want to take a sort of almost like a sideways or a back step for a moment before we before we get into that section of the show. Where are you at with hypnosis? That is, you know, how, how do you explain it? How do you define it? Uh, how did you arrive at that? Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Where are you at as far as hypnosis is concerned? Uh, it's it's funny because you know I I do I still do some hypnosis with um, for for performance. So I do a little bit of hypnosis for entertainment yeah. um, as well. And so you know my my definition or my understanding of it uh, may kind of shift for, depending on the situation. Of course. Um, but I but I think that overall I, I think that hypnosis is a learning state. And yeah. I think it, you know, it clearly involves focus, concentration, and and directed imagination. And um, I, in my experience, I've seen it kind of, it, it kind of uh, lends itself to help people tap into their supernatural abilities. Mm, mm. Um, I, 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 I really like a lot of those components. Really fit a lot of those components. Really fit into the kind of model that I adhere to. So so it's it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. how, how has that been influenced? Then I mean I mean you spoke about some of the head hacking guys earlier. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a great great friends of the show. Great friends of mine. Tell, tell me, who are some of your major influences in this in this field? Are there any sort of particular books and authors that have taught you greatly? Have there been any teachers that have been most influential upon you? Um, and perhaps some of the reasons why? Yeah, I would say that um, some of the most influential teachers have been Anthony and Freddie, Jacqueline both. Yeah. Um, just just from their their um, their experience, their 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 techniques have been hugely helpful and yeah. and still are today yeah. and um their their training their one-on-one -on -one training and in-person training has been um, uh, very influential I, i'm also a big fan of of learning through programs and tapes and books so you know i'm also a fan of uh, james tripp's stuff absolutely uh highly respect james tripp's work and i've taken a few of his programs and um, as far as books, you know, I've, for uh, on a variety of subjects, I've, I really do. Um, I've I've enjoyed Jonathan Chase's books and Jeffrey Ronings books on stage hypnosis, right, yeah. and and then even a book that um, I think this was probably a recommendation from James Tripp, but was is Judy Reese's book Clean Language. I really yeah. find really find that helpful when speaking with clients. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's really interesting. Um, I, I can imagine that being. Um, interesting across 
across a lot of the stuff that, I, that I'm really keen to talk to you about later on. Um, um, tell me, w within your experience, um, um, both therapeutically, stage, and, and, and you know, the, the wide range of experience that you've had, what's, what's, what's one or some of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that you've, that you've directly borne witness to, whether it's, whether it's you doing it, you receiving it, you experiencing it, or just observing? Um, um, what's, um, um, tell me about that. Sure. I would say, you know, I've done a, a, a few kind of, um, I, I don't know how you'd classify them, but, you know, a few pretty entertaining things on stage with hypnosis. Um, yeah. uh, stick, you know, uh, sticking people's uh, hands to their legs and piling up cash on the other leg is always a, is always yeah, a fun yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's sort of amazing. But I would say the, the most um, the the most amazing application I've seen is still to this day Freddie Jockwin's uh, pain control technique yeah. that I that I witnessed during some some training with him. Yeah. He, he one of the this was during a uh, a course that we were on. Uh, one of the attendees brought in a friend who had some steel pins in his leg and his feet mm -hmm. and, or in, in his leg and his shins and. Um, he was he was in in a lot of pain and and had had this had this situation with his leg for quite some time, and Freddie um, kind of symptom scaled you know the situation and asked yeah. him how much pain pain he was in. He said he was it was an eight or a nine um, on the on the daily you know, on, on the daily level, and Freddie took him through a, a, a simple process that I, I believe he even. Um, uh, cells as a as a skill that you can buy. I think it's called the arrow yeah, technique. It is indeed. He, yeah. Yeah, and he took him through that that um, technique, and by the end of it, you know, it was about ten minutes, I think, or, or twelve minutes. By the end of it, the guy was stomping on the ground with his leg, <laughs> yelling out loud, going, "Freddie, you're the man, Freddie, you're yeah. the man." Yeah. So. Yeah. That was that was uh, that was probably one of the most um, impressive applications I've seen. Yeah. I've seen him, you know, I've seen him do that in a live presentation at the UK Hypnosis Convention last year, um, where he just he, he came up on stage during Anthony's um, um, presentation, and and then later on in the day, I saw him do that at the bar. I was busy on something <laughs> like my, my sixth gin um, uh, and being and being very incoherent, and he was busy at the bar working, doing the arrow technique on people. And there were just there was this kind of like group of people walking around with big smiles on their, their their faces. And you know, if anyone asked them why they were smiling, you know, they would just they would just mention the name Freddie, and and suddenly it all became understandable. Um, so, Jeff, if if you could go back. So when you started out, you know, when you were discovering this field, you were learning and training, knowing knowing what you know now based upon some of the experiences that you've had. Um, is there anything that you would do differently? And if so, what? And is there any advice that the person you are today would give that younger you that you would share and extend to our listeners? That's a good question. I think I think maybe I, if I had to be critical of my own um, you know, actions and, and, and my own course of where, where I've went, you know, the course I've been on, I would say that, um, the experience I've had as far as helping people quit smoking, lose weight, get over fears and phobias and, and, and that sort of general consultation, um, was very helpful. And, um, I, but I would kind of give myself the advice maybe to specialize a little bit sooner and, and sort of, um, in, in the, in the, 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 the fight application in the, in the sports application. Um, and only, and even, even more specifically to kind of go after bigger, bigger clients, right. Yeah. Kind of more high profile, um, clients earlier, because sure. what I've noticed, what I've noticed with helping either top level or, or, or top ranked fighters in the UFC and, um, amateurs, the, the, you know, the, the similarities are huge. Yeah. The, the, the similarities are, are the, these, these fighters, these athletes are dealing with the same exact issues. It's, it's confidence. It's having a clear mental picture. It's focus. It's concentration. It's commitment. It's motivation. And it's, um, they're the same, whether they're at the top of, of, of the, um, they're top ranked or they're, they're kind of, um, amateurs. So yeah. I would, yeah, I would say just, just. You know, maybe fail, fail more, fail faster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that kind of, that yeah. kind of, 
That's, that's great bit. advice. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great advice. You know, when people are at the sort of embryonic phases of their career, you, you know, I... I think um, I feel the same, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, f feel very humble and and, you know, I find that very, very interesting that some of the the bigger names and the bigger people, you know, ultimately they, they, they are still human. They still require assistance and help. And and mm -hmm. for me personally, you know, I, I mean, I've worked with a couple of world record holding runners and a couple of Olympic athletes and, mm -hmm. you know, they were they were real, real blown, you know, full blown real humans at the end of the day you know <laughs> right. really nice regular people um, yeah. um and and although it felt humbling and a little bit nerve-wracking on occasions it was it was lovely so i think that's, a, that's some really great advice there um jeff j j just tell just tell listeners where can people go to learn more about your work and your approach first of all mm -hmm. yes fightbrain.com fightbrain or one word.com um there will be um, a link to the Fight Brain website over at this episode's page on the Hypnosis Weekly website. And, and that brings us nicely on to um, and what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes' time. We're going to be talking all things Fight Brain with Jeff Jordan. Uh, we'll be back with Jeff in just a couple of minutes' time. Stay tuned. <music> I really enjoyed that. Lovely guy, Jeff. Um, we're going to be talking fight brain with him in a short while. Um, on to this week's Hypnosis in the News then. Yes, Hypnosis in the News is back. Uh, I'm not frothing at the mouth for, for, for one week. Uh, this week I'm citing three media stories that are featured um, quite recently, all of them. Um, the first is entitled, I was featured in the Daily Mail, and was entitled, um, I Thought I Was Dying. Woman, 35, claims hypnosis cured her genetic stomach disease, which left bedridden and unable to eat anything, which left her bedridden and unable to eat anything. And this is a story about Amber Ponticelli, who indeed was 35, and she lost 20 pounds and was left bedridden after being diagnosed with idiopathic rapid gastric emptying, which is a genetic condition that causes diarrhea, vomiting, pain and acid reflux. Um... And so after months of seeing gastroenterologists and receiving traditional treatment, um, someone suggested it was recommended that she seek hypnotherapy to help with her symptoms. Um, and according to the article, experts say that the therapy in which the patient is hypnotized reinforces the link between the gut and brain function, which has become a hot topic in health research in recent years. Um, and they state that it appears to support research showing how our perception of gut health can influence our digestive system. And this is something that we know a lot about. You know, we know about the use of hypnosis and IBS. You know, it's incredibly effective in that regard. We've got some brilliant research to support that. Hypnosis is wonderful for a wide range of gut-related issues. Um, I've even written evidence-based memes about hypnosis and duodenal ulcers being treated. Um, one of the um, one of the proponents of hypnosis um, and IBS, uh, Dr. Olafur Paulsen, um, was consulted over this particular article. Uh, he's from the University of North Carolina. Um, and he told the Daily Mail that most gastrointestinal diseases are difficult to treat and typically don't respond well to medicine. And he's quoted as saying hypnosis readjusts the brain to gut connection. Um, what most people don't realize is that the brain controls the digestive system quite a bit and plays a big role in its functioning. So the hypnosis resets the control of the gut. Um, he explained that the patient is put into a meditative state and then talked through therapeutic suggestions and guidance imagery during a session. Um, I have uh, Dr. Paulson's scripts from his research with IBS and um I mean, it, w w when I first got my hand on them, I was amazed that, you know, there was no no secret technique, no secret strategy. It was guided imagery, uh, therapeutic suggestions um, um, and, 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 and no kind of magic key, so to speak. Um, and it's amazing how effective that can be. And so, you know, Amber Ponticelli uh, made, a, made a wonderful recovery. And uh, it's, it's a great story. I was really, really pleased to read this one. Our second story this time round um, is entitled Sexual Healing. Ex-army officer mends the mind of the brokenhearted by hypnotising them to forget 
about their former lovers in just 45 minutes. And one of the things about this, and probably the reason that I'm talking about this particular article, is simply because of how misleading that very article is. Um, you know, mends the mind of the brokenhearted by hypnotising them to forget about their former lovers. Um, and, and, and this notion of in just 45 minutes. Um, and for anybody that's, uh, you know, if, if you go a couple of ed editions back, you'll hear me talking a little bit about um, this idea of, of, of wanting hypnotherapy to be as fast as possible, um, which I agree with. But, um, um, I mean, you know, too fast and too rapid and super speedy at all costs, I'm, you know, I'm a bit dubious about on some occasions. Anyway, within this particular article, the hypnotherapist in question actually does not make claims about teaching clients to forget Instead, quite rightly, talks about adapting mindsets. And I wanted to really emphasise that however much of a sexy title it might make, um, I've not found any proof or evidence that hypnosis can directly make someone forget anything, at least not for a, a, you know, a healthily lengthy period of time or, or forever. You know, and um, I'm not really all that sure how useful it is to attempt to cure or treat an issue by having them forget the people involved. You know, how about teaching them how to deal with the issue and be able to cope um, if anything similar should happen in the future? You know, hypnosis is not really one of those flashy light thingies uh, that was used by the men in black. Um, um, on to our third story. Um, and this is a very important story. Uh, it's uh, the title is John is making no progress. Will hypnotherapy help? And this is from the What's on TV guide for Channel 5's Home and Away TV show. Yes, indeed. The Enduring Aussie Sto Soap. Um, and it's written underneath this particular episode the following. Dr. Bailey keeps asking John numerous questions about his childhood, but John struggles to remember anything clearly and continues to blame himself for his father's death. Later, Dr. Bailey talks to Jet and explains the lack of progress, but suggests other techniques such as hypnotherapy may help jog John's memory. Jet gives Marilyn an update on John's lack of progress, and she reveals she's a trained hypnotist. What do you know? Will she be able to help John remember his past? Um, now, my short answer is no. Um, no, hypnosis doesn't really work like that. Sorry, John. Sorry, Jet. But no. However, um, I'm, I, 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 something that we've been discussing over at my own Facebook group um, um, quite a lot and something I've written about a lot over the years is, you know, hypnosis does not guarantee veracity of, of, of memory. And so I see a bit of an opportunity to go into this general topic in a bit more detail. Hypnotherapists um, need to know and the public really probably need to know um, um, that despite this sort of Hollywood um, um, style of, of hypnosis being used to recover memories, um, um, this, this application can actually lead to the patient creating new material and adding it to the existing memories that they have. And there's a huge body of scientific and medical information available that shows the very nature of memory being so malleable um, uh, means that hypnosis usage could result in the creation and implanting of false memories. Um, and, and this has been at the centre of the biggest litigation cases in psychiatric history in the 1990s. Um, studies by both Lynn and McConkie in 1998 and Lynn and Nash in 1994 demonstrate this clearly and um, have been falsified. I've, I've written before um, on my blog about the reconstructive nature of memory and often refer to people to the Lynn and McConkie study that I just mentioned. Um, and it's very much consensus among cognitive science scientists that this is the case. You see, not only is memory unreliable, but people have such belief in the reliability of their memories um, well, to, to such an extent that we're capable of creating false memories, even if a therapist is greatly skilled and not leading the patient in any way, shape or form. And further studies that confirm this have been conducted by Lawrence and Perry in 1983, Barnier and Sheehan in 1998, false memories can easily be created without hypnosis. Of course they can. Yet many therapists continue to believe that hypnosis somehow brandishes the absolute truth when it comes to memory recall. And the truth is actually a tad different. Um, in 1994, Erdely uh, reviewed 34 studies and Steble and Bothwell reviewed 24 studies. And throughout, they showed that hypnosis does increase the actual volume of recall. With that volume of recall comes much more incorrect 
as well as correct information and data. The studies revealed, however, that hypnotic recall is no more accurate than non-hypnotic recall, but when recalled hypnotically, people tended to be more confident in the reliability of the memory. The Stebley and Bothwell um, paper showed that hypnosis produces a lot more errors in memory recall and more volume of memories that had false information in them. And, you know, so there's plenty of studies that support this. Even researchers and individuals that openly state hypnosis is good for aiding recall um, have been unable to prove it. Some of these proponents have suggested that emotional arousal is required. Yet a study by um, Stephen Lynn and colleagues in 96 show that hypnosis does not improve recall of emotionally arousing events and what's more um, being highly emotional does not affect hypnotic recall either. Out of everything that I've read and examined probably the most damning evidence um, for using hypnosis to recall memories comes from research conducted by Nash, Drake, Wiley, Kauser and Lynn in 1986 and in this study they attempted to match up, and that is prove, memories of participants who had been age-regressed using hypnosis. The participants were regressed using hypnosis, and there was a control group too, and taken to the age of three to a scene where they were with their mothers. And the participants described items and objects that were present. The actual mothers were then asked to verify what was in the scene, and the hypnotised participants in the study were less able than those in the control group you know, the non-hypnotized people that were being asked to do the same thing, to accurately match the reports of their parents. In fact, the control groups were far more accurate. Um, a similar study conducted in 97 by Sivek, Lin and Malinowski um, regressed the participants to five years old with um, very similar results. And this is the reason that majority of countries today no longer allow hypnosis to be used in testimony in courts of law. Um, in fact, in some states of the US, if you have used hypnosis to retrieve the memory, because of the evidence I've mentioned, the use of hypnosis um, makes the testimony null and void. So evidence suggests that when the hypnotherapists believe strongly in the efficacy of hypnosis for memory recall, then the patient has much more confidence in the reliability of the problem, um, in the reliability of the memory. Um, which I consider to be potentially a big problem. As I said earlier, we've been discussing this very topic over at my Facebook group. Do come and join us. Uh, just search for Anglo-European College of Therapeutic Hypnosis, Adam Eason, and um, you'll find the group there. So, um, so yeah, you know, Dr. Bailey uh, using hypnosis with John on Home and Away. Um, you know, you got me all, all in a lava about that. Next up, we have this week's professional discussion. So I welcome back Jeff Jordan. Uh, one of the things I was fascinated with um, when I was exploring Jeff immediately prior to asking him to join me on the show was his work with fighters, um, you know, fighting people. Uh, we have had a lot of guests on the show before who've made reference to martial arts and the importance of the mindset within martial arts. And we've had numerous guests who've spoken of their interest um, in martial arts being what drew them to the hypnosis field eventually. Yeah, we've not had anyone to date who has spoken about um, directly applying what we do to real life combat fighting situations as Jeff Jordan does with his clients. They fight mixed martial arts, they compete in UFC competitions, um, which I love to watch and I love to watch that, um, but also it terrifies me at the same time. And there's lots of fascinating stuff to learn here today. So next up, here is this week's professional discussion with Jeff Jordan, all about Fight Brain. Enjoy. So, as I've just been discussing, I'm back. I'm rejoined um, with, I'm here with Jeff Jordan, this week's guest. And Jeff's business is, is Fight Brain, as I spoke about just at the end of the interview there. Um, I'm Jeff, first of all, tell us what what is Fight Brain. Tell us, just give us a brief idea of what it is. What are we talking about here? Sure, Fight Brain is specialized mental coaching for mixed martial arts fighters or or combat sport athletes. I've helped um, mixed martial arts artists and mixed martial arts fighters and uh, jujitsu athletes specifically. Yeah. So when they have, when a fighter or an athlete has a a fight or an, or a competition on their calendar, I help them get laser focused on 
getting their mind in the best shape to win their fight. Yeah, great, great. I, I, I'm going to ask some more about about the process, what's involved. But t tell us a little bit how did it how did it all come about? How did this come to be? Sure. Yeah, it's it's been actually a really kind of a natural progression. So as I've been training more and more uh, jujitsu, I've been training jujitsu for the better part of uh, the past 13 years. And as I've been kind of training more and and um, you know have more fighter friends, more um, martial arts friends, that that has been you know one path, and the hypnosis has been the other path, and the two paths have really just been kind of going together more and more. Yeah. So as 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 my my friends and my um, training partners have been um, getting ready for competitions, I've just sort of been helping them more. And um, you know, at, at at one point, I just noticed that these guys weren't doing some very simple things, and there was some kind of some kind of low hanging fruit that I could I could grab and combine with some what I think are are some very effective hypnosis techniques. Brilliant. And so I've so I've really developed a system to help these these fighters um, and these athletes just manage and and control the, everything that they can control in regards to their their training, their organization, their goal setting, their uh, visualization, their focus, um, setting timelines, and it's it's a, it's a one on one coaching um, program that that it's it's a lot of fun for me as well, and yeah. and we've we've been getting some great results with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to tell me about that. What what have some of your experiences been with this? How how has it been received by the by the fighters yeah. that you work with? Yeah, the fighters that um, that I've been working with, uh, they they they. It's funny. It's kind of it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of humbling, but they they really do um, uh, enjoy the results, and 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 um, they. The, the fighters that I that I get to work with, they it's a funny thing that happens. Maybe it's um, because we set up the coaching calls for every week at the same time. And so it may begin where we have a couple of sessions and then, you know, two weeks or three weeks later, almost every one of my clients reports back to me, hey, I've just had the best training week of my life or I've just hit another level in my training. I've just had this breakthrough and I'm unstoppable. And each one of them kind of reports back that to me in their own words, right? They'll they'll describe little breakthroughs or or, or excellent um, weeks in in training, and um, and it's just it, it's just great to hear that hear, hear that back from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet. See, one of the things I'm really interested in. Do do you find one of the things you mentioned there? You know, is is some of the guys feeling really feeling really you know confident in themselves are there are there some special considerations with regards to that when you're working with fighters things that perhaps too much confidence or too much mm. too much fire and fury for example um, yeah. um, might potentially jeopardize some of their some of their f physical skills um you know i i know nothing about fighting <laughs> no that's, <laughs> um, that's exactly. so you have to excuse me if i say if i sound yeah. a bit like a layman but um, no. i'm really interested in that yeah, that's a great concern. Actually, that's a that's a really good point, and that is something that we mo monitor. Um, yeah, certain level of confidence is is important, right? And then also a certain level of concern. So it's 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 certainly a balancing act. Um, we want we want the the fighters to feel um, ultimate confidence and also a healthy level of concern because what they're doing is is they're going to get punched in the face, right? And um, and I don't know if you've if you've been following MMA, but there have been some recent deaths in MMA and, wow. and in, and in boxing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not new, but there, they have been in the news. Um, so there is, there is a certain level, a level of balance between, um, confidence and also that, that concern and also that, that calm, clear mind is really what, um, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a calm, clear confidence rather than an overconfidence is what we, sh is what we yeah. aim for. Yeah. Almost like a, like a sober, um, yes, a sort of sobriety to the and, and, and a considered confidence. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're not going for 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 rage, right? Overconfidence yeah. of, of just mass destruction, but we are going for a, a clear, measured, calm, um, in the moment feeling of confidence. And and that's actually one of the the, the keys that we measure is how how in the moment do do the fighters feel 
when they're training. And we aim to improve upon that because that's where the real breakthroughs happen, right? When the, when the, when an athlete or when anyone doing anything important is present in the moment. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I love this is music to my ears. You know, um, I'm, uh, one of the things I just, I mentioned to you briefly off air, um, um, back in, uh, back in the early 2000s, late 1990s, Paul McKenna, um, I'm the famous hypnotist um, here in the UK, was working with the boxer, um, Nigel Benn, and he was um, um, working on his, his mental game, but also used doing hypnosis with him. And some of his opponents were dubbing that it was unfair, you know, uh, uh, and they, they were treating hypnosis like it was like it was steroids that he was being given, that somehow he had this unfair advantage. And, you know, those of us with an awareness of what hypnosis is recognise that, you know, it's it's it's. Yeah, of course, it's it, you. You can't you can't talk about the two things in the same in the same breath, really. Um, but I'm really interested in in what the attitudes are um, um, within the industry and within you know amongst fighters. Um, um, are people generally positive about it? Are they skeptical? And 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 opponents, you know, what are some of the attitudes of some of the opponents that you encounter? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I get to so I do a lot most of my calls. Um, over Skype and over over the phone, and I get to work with fighters all around the world in Australia, in Bali, in Thailand, and uh, around the U.S. as well, and all yeah. the, in Cali California and and across the U.S. Um, on both coasts. And um, the attitude, yeah, of there is a little skepticism. There always is, right? I mean, I think you just mentioned the word hypnosis, and um, you're kind of uh, polarizing 50% of the people at least. Right. Um, there's, there's certainly a little skepticism, but, um, the, I, I present it in a very straightforward manner, right? There's no, there's no hocus pocus. There's just, um, visualization. There's just belief that we're, that we're supporting. And, um, and I, it, it's well received. Um, I don't, as far as what the competition feels about it, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I don't really know. I know that um, – and it's funny that you say that, um, you know, Paul McKenna and, and, and Nigel Benn's experience of, of other or other um, competitions saying it was unfair. That's actually kind of uh, what we aim for is we aim to create an unfair mental advantage for, for for your fight yeah that's so yeah. so that's so if someone if a, if a competitor you know thought it was unfair well good because you know it's just simple techniques that we're using and um and it and it can i think it really can create an advantage a mental advantage and um and i think you know everyone should use it really <laughs> yeah 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 um um, um could you give us a, a rough outline of, of, of some of the some of the structure and some of the I mean, you, you've spoken you've spoken about some of the components that, that, that yeah. you work with that, that comprise some of the fight brain program. Um, mm -hmm. Can you can you give us a, a kind of broad, a broad outline of, of you know, typically the kind of areas that you'll be working on and that you work with with fighters? Yes, I would love to, because I know there's some misconceptions, right? I mean, I know there's there's misconceptions of, oh, that's a. You know, you call yourself a mental coach, and and that could mean so many different things. Um, so yes, and and that's what I've done. I've 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 done my best to put some structure around, um, you know, each client interaction. So typically, when I when I meet for the first time with a client, um, they have a fight on their on their calendar, so they have a date that they're looking forward to. Yeah. And we start we start with goal setting. We start with, um, and you, you might you might or you may not be surprised, but a lot of um, fighters before they're working with before they begin working with me, probably ninety nine percent of them, do not have a clear goal to win their fight. Right? It's sort of one of those men mental things like, yeah, I've got a fight, and I I'm most likely <laughs> I'm gonna try to win. Yeah. Right? In their in their mind, but it's not it's not written down. And it's not something that they say out loud. So what we do is we start with a, a clear goal, help them develop a clear goal um, for their fight. And it can be as simple as writing the goal down of I will win my fight on July 20th. Right. So that yeah. their, that fu that future date um, and then saying it out loud as well. So we get them to practice that simple skill first off the bat setting and, and commit to practicing that every single day while I'm not around as well. Right. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we, we get, we set a clear goal for them to win. That's kind of step one. Step two is, is, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. We, we get them to practice. I get, I get my, my clients to, uh, to understand that we're not logical thinking 
creatures, right? We're kind of, and fighting is a perfect example of this. We're, we're driven by emotion, right? So it's one thing yeah. to have a clear, clear goal, but it's another thing to know why that goal is so important. So we really focus on the why or their, their purpose. Yeah. And I get them, I get them to, to, to give themselves reasons of why they're going to win their fight. Yeah. Why, why they are fighting, why it's so important to them. And I ask, these are, these are questions that I ask them. And then I have them write down a couple of reasons every day why they're going to win their fight, to remind themselves of why, why they're doing it, why they're suffering so much in training, why they're sacrificing so much in, in, their, in their effort and, and all their focus. Um, and then we also practice, the second step is kind of a two-step um, process. We get them, I get them to practice feeling grateful. I ask them um, to, to write down or to express three things that they feel grateful for every day. Good. And um, and that simple habit can be one of the most powerful habits that, that anyone can practice. I'm a, I'm a firm believer um, because fighting is so challenging, right? The yeah. training, the, the training, the sparring, the, the strength and conditioning, um, it's so challenging that that little habit helps kind of, you know, set their mind in a positive direction. It helps them look at opportunity, helps them feel grateful, and it helps kind of supercharge their, their mentality just doing that little habit. So that's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from a lot of people. N never usually associate me with with topics such as expressing gratitude. But you know what? Um, um, it has got an incredibly um, impressive evidence base. Um, um, expressing gratitude, you know, um, um, you, 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 you bang on with that stuff. I think um, 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 it, it's a really important, and and I can really see how it would be important and useful um, for for fighters. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it does one thing. It it does it, it does a couple of things that are that are really powerful, right? When they when the fighter begins to um, um, supercharge their own mentality, right? When they kind of build it from within that feeling of gratitude, yeah. it's it then just sort of expresses itself naturally. So that's why I get them to start just just start writing. Just start very simple. Write three things that you're grateful for every day, and then over time they start to express it. And what happens is that builds team support. Right. Yeah. All those people, all the people around them, they notice it. They pick up on it when that when that person is feeling grateful, when they're feeling good. And then when times get tough, because <laughs> times always get tough. Right. Yeah. And that person, that that fighter needs that support back or that positive energy back. Those people around them that were that were, you know, um, receiving all of their positive influence. They just give it right back to them. They give them whatever they need automatically, whether it's support or strength or motivation or or love or understanding or whatever it is, you know, so it really, it really just naturally kind of helps build team support and, and just, just strengthens relationships as well, which are hugely important. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, I'll just, I'll, I know this, the, the, the description of this process can get a little bit long, but it's about, it's about a five step pr process though. So yeah. setting goal, setting clear goals, step one, um, step two, understanding your purpose, understanding why you want to achieve these goals. Yeah. Step three is all, all about controlling the fighter's focus, helping them control their own focus. Um, and I have a little exercise that we do, um, just to give them a perspective of, of how to control their focus. We do kind of more, that's, it's a written exercise. We do kind of more exercises every week around that, um, focus because it's such a, you know, it's such an important, um, topic. It's such an, focus is really everything, right? I mean, we have the choice from moment to moment, what to focus on. And, yeah. and when, when that, when that, um, fight date become gets closer and closer, that focus needs to become more and more narrow. So helping them control that's hugely important. Um, step four is all about kind of creating a timeline for themselves, um, scheduling, tracking, right? A lot of, a lot of fighters who've been fighting for 10 or even 20 years, they just, they maintain a schedule in their head of, I need to do, uh, three striking classes. I need to do three grappling classes. I need to do strength and conditioning, uh, four times a week. And they have this in their head, but I force them. I wish I actually wish I could force, <laughs> I wish I could force them. They do. I do my best to get them to um, to get it on paper, to schedule it, right, and track it. They need to be tracking certain metrics, whether it's um, sleep, whether it's diet, whether it's strength and conditioning, whether it's striking. Um, and they need to set up timelines for themselves from week to week 
what are the important metrics that I'm tracking this week? What are my little mini goals for this week? So that's step four. It's all about scheduling, tracking, kind of getting, you know, having clear expectations uh, and clear goals from week to week. Yeah. And and then step five is is really about visualizing winning. That's where we that's it's it's funny because step five isn't isn't until we get into uh, it isn't until step five that we get into the hypnosis. Yeah. So that's where we use the hypnosis. And um, and it's and I use some of uh, Freddie and Anthony's techniques just to help them uh, get focused and get relaxed. And um, and then we t- I take them through. I actually I, I ask them a few questions before we start. How they how do they feel when they f- when they're fighting their best? I get them, get them to think back um, about other times they were successful and, and kind of um, connect with those feelings, those descriptive words. And then I I narrate them going through uh, you know the uh, kind of the fight day their their day of of their fight, maybe starting in the warm up area. And, um, and, and I include a couple little visual, a couple little details. I have them, um, imagine there's a power meter that they can see. And this power meter represents their powers, their abilities, their strengths. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of them really love that. And, um, and, and that kind of helps, helps them, helps them use that metaphor and, and any, any point going forward as well. Right, imagining that power meter and that thing being jacked up to like a hundred percent, and then and we I narrate them going through the typical steps that they can expect. Right, we identify things that they can expect so that then when they see their those details um, in person, they can be reminded of of feeling calm, feeling confident, feeling focused, and then we take them through um, the fight, all the way to them winning the fight. And having their hand hand raised in victory, and throughout that, I I, I reinsert those descriptive words of how they're feeling their best, yeah. right? So we kind of play back into their experience, and um and that's 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 a typical a typical session. That's the typical first session, and then we do some other visualization techniques as well. We do some anchoring, we do some um, relaxation techniques. Um, so the hypnosis stuff gets creative and gets fun, and we use a, 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 a several different techniques yeah. to support that. But the first one's always helping them create that clear vision of winning the fight, right? You'd ima- you can imagine that some fighters have a fight on their calendar, but they haven't really considered what's it going to be like or how they're going to f- how they're going to win. Yeah. So we make yeah. sure that that vision is clear, so they're working towards that every yeah. day. So we I make love, sure that vision's clear. Yeah, I, I love hearing that. I, th- I think one of the things, one of the things that I've always thought um, a very interesting discussion and debate with 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 people around martial arts, uh, as well as some of the, some other things, is that the, the the theoretical components of it very often differ from reality. So so mm. doing particular um, movements and practicing things theoretically when sparring, for example. Um, it's 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 different in reality if you, you know and you, and you hear stories about a guy who's a you know double hard black belt um, um who who's 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 had had some drunk guy outside of a pub th- throw a hay baler at him and suddenly his his technique has gone to pot because because he's not used to being having adrenaline having fear and being in mm. those situations so i love hearing this notion because i think that that, that kind of visualization and what hypnosis can give is some very real exposure in in, in 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 a very different way to those circumstances would you, would you agree with that yeah yeah that's that's one thing that that um that we do focus on we do focus on that real simulation right i mean that's yeah. that's that's the, that's the goal is to simulate them at their best um winning the fight and then actually we we later kind of you know as as i as i mentioned we do go back over to having them visualize visualize um difficult situations right yeah. um um optimal suboptimal situations right challenging yeah. um challenging and 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 to to certain degrees so then we have them kind of um, re-simulate. Um, not only do we start with you know having them win and having them dominate, right? We give them that clear goal, so that 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 shows that potential. There is that potential to to win this fight, and they have yeah. that that clear image. And then we go back and yeah, hammer out some of the tougher situations or some of the adversity that they, that they can expect to face as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Jeff, you have been um, um, so generous with uh with with everything that um um, you've been talking about today you know and i could listen to it and ask you about it um non-stop for hours um and and i I really really appreciate it um um for anybody listening you want to go and learn more about fight brain jeff's approach um especially if you're if 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 
you know, you, you are an MMA fighter or, or a wannabe UFC fighter of any kind, um, fightbrain.com, go check Jeff out, um, um, learn from him. You know, Jeff mentioned earlier, you know, that he might struggle to force people to, to, to do as he says, but you know, he's six foot eight. There is no way that, that he cannot force anyone to do anything he wants. Um, um, Jeff, Jeff, thank you so much um, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for being so so generous with your information and with your sharing. Um, um, Jeff Jordan, thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. It was, it was a real pleasure talking to you. And I, again, could talk for hours about this stuff. It's exciting. I love I love being able to work with fighters. And um, I'm excited about to, to share more success. We've got some some real exciting clients coming up, some top ranked guys in the UFC and in one championship and uh, Bellator as well. So um, yeah, and and you know you're you're you're, yeah. you're you're well on social media, aren't you? So um, people can yeah. follow that and follow how your fighters are getting on. And um, what I'll do <laughs> is I'll include some links to to all your social media outlet on this episode's page as well. Um, um, and people can keep tabs on 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 those fighters. Certainly, I'll be. Um, it's fascinating stuff. Um, Jeff Jordan, thank you. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, so this week's evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And the fact of the week is this. Um, self-hypnosis has been successfully used to control Tourette's tics in children. Um, so, yes, this is a study by Lazarus and Klein back in 2010. Um, on the back of their 26, um, um, 2006 study, in fact, um, and showed that 79% of the children trained in self-hypnosis this way um, received a short-term clinical benefit at the six-week follow-up. Now, the, the interesting stats, however, were that 46% of the children in the study achieved tick control using self-hypnosis after just two sessions, but a whopping 96% achieved tick control using self-hypnosis after three sessions. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Our fact of the week, self-hypnosis has been taught to children for treating tics in Tourette's syndrome. And, um, there is a link to that particular study, um, um, over at the, uh, over at the Hypnosis Weekly website. If you want to go and have a read of that, um, um, it's a cool one. Um, so yes, that's it for this week's 79th edition. I do have many more exciting guests that are welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks too. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all remaining friends. Next week I welcome as my guest Howard Cooper um, and we're going to be speaking very topically at the moment. We're going to be speaking all things rapid change with him. Uh, all the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website www.hypnosis-weekly.com I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. So do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again to Jeff Jordan. My thanks to you for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.